Welcome to Her Unrealistic Ways. Hi, I'm Molly Hamill, a former corporate executive turned spiritual entrepreneur on a mission to help women create unrealistic results in unrealistic ways, to rely on energy, intuition, and manifesting as much as action, thinking, and doing it all themselves. In this podcast, you'll hear me share insights from my own journey, as well as conversations with inspiring women who are creating their own realities. Let's get started. Today, we're taking a deep dive with one of my biz besties, Yelena, as she shares her journey of transitioning out of a corporate executive role into being a full-time entrepreneur and mom. Yelena drops wisdom around navigating the uncertainties of a career change, choosing devotion over discipline, and how she places her faith in the possibilities instead of fears. This is a must listen for anyone considering moving into entrepreneurship or entrepreneurs who are struggling with the unknown, uncertain. Oh my God. Okay. We have so much to cover today. There's about 50 topics that we could get into, but as you just heard on the intro, my dear friend Yelena has recently transitioned from a 20-year corporate career into working for herself. And so I definitely want to explore some of that with you. And also you and I connected years ago, we were in a mastermind together and we'll get into the details, but we both hooked into this same energy of shifting from quote discipline to devotion, which really is like the feminine version of discipline minus the forcing and all of the masculine craziness yeah. associated with discipline. So anyway, ramble before I continue. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you here today. Tell me, where are you at right now with your transition? So you transitioned out a few months ago? I officially made the break. Nice to meet and see everybody. I officially made the break a few months ago. And it has been, as we sort of journey, it has been yet another sort of descent down under into myself and sort of in the space of not knowing, in the space of like, infinite possibility and opening to sort of what that next, like what the next phase looks like. But in the descent is where my creation comes from. Like in the devotion is where my sort of creational force comes through. And so I've created a course and I'm about to publish a book. Wow. A lot of that stuff is sort of coming to fruition and it didn't all happen. Like it's been seated, right? For like a long time. And it all whooshed together as that energy was sort of let go right? The energy of where I was spending my time and how I was putting in my effort into fully claiming this part of myself and my dharma and sort of the work I'm supposed to do here. Okay. So let's break this down a little bit because of course I left a corporate career and, you know, to, to work for myself too. And I know in my own experience and then working with other people that numbers becomes a big thing. Like number is in time. How do you know it's the right time? And a lot of that's also tied to like, well, how much do I have in my account? And like, what's my business doing right now that I started on the side? So what was the process that you took to establish trust with knowing when it was the right time? Oh, that's a great question. So I relatively blindly listened to Spirit about nine months ago to take a sabbatical from work to sort of tend to my family and to myself. And I didn't have a plan to leave at that time. It wasn't like I took the sabbatical to prepare for leaving. But it was almost like that detox, like when we take space from something, we can then see it with fresh eyes and we can see it more clearly. And so when I came back, 
I just got really real with myself about what was important, where I was spending my time, how I was like in my gifts. I think I was saying I was maybe in my gifts 20% of the time. And that Mm -hmm. just felt the energy that I was working with was I feel whole and fully expressed in my woman. And as I would say that, I would feel the dissonance in my life. It wouldn't feel that way. And so I pragmatically, so I'll give the pragmatic and then I'll give the sort of woo. Mm-hmm. Pragmatically, I looked at my bank account and I looked at yeah. sort of where I was and I gave myself a time box and I said, over the next five to six months, I will make it like I will evaluate and I'll allow myself to like make this decision. I'll let spirit show me. And it happened within three months. And the night that it happened, the next day, I think you and I actually talked. And I was from the spirit, like from the divine. It was like just neon lights. It's time. It's time. Like I was, it was overwhelming my system. Like it's time. And that was that final, I would say like energetic of that knowing. If that makes sense. (laughs) Yep. So yeah, there's a point where it's like, leaving is the uncomfortable energy. And then there's a point where staying is the uncomfortable energy and you reach the tipping point and you're like, okay, I'm out. And I think it's so interesting because, so I just, you know, Michael Smith and I are doing the Empath Entrepreneur Accelerator. And we were just talking about this today, which is that really what we're seeking is certainty. So you're like, and I did the same thing. Like I'd be like, oh, another 10,000 in my bank account, another 10,000 in my bank account, 10,000 and then I'll feel comfortable. But really like there's no amount of money that's going to make you feel comfortable because you're leaving a situation that's certain to a degree, meaning you're going to have a paycheck every two weeks or doing X, Y, and Z, right? Right. And then you're moving into a situation that's uncertain, which is like, when you work for yourself, we were just talking about there's cycles of payments. You have big months, you have slower months and everything in between. And our nervous systems have to calibrate to that uncertainty, which is like all of the work, because that'll continue throughout your career as an entrepreneur, more or less. Like there's obviously some things become more certain over time when you know, like when you're launching something for the third or fourth or fifth time, you kind of have an idea of like how many people will sign up, what you're going to make. But especially at first, there's a high level of uncertainty. And it's like, we're searching for this certainty that doesn't exist even five years into it. You know what I mean? Things change. Everything happens. And so it's interesting to hear you say that because we were just chatting about that very thing. And so how did you tap into that energy of devotion that you talk about? Because those moments are very real, by the way. Like, it's easy to listen to this and be like, oh, like I might like I'm kind of thinking of leaving, too. And it's like you're in a safe space. You're in a circumstance where you're daydreaming about it when you're, you know, like at your house and a check just got deposited and it's like all cool. And then it becomes very real when you're actually doing the damn thing. So in those moments, they're so triggering. So like, what were some of the devotional things that you did to help support your nervous system and your dream, really, as you took that leap? I wanted to spend one second talking about devotion. Yeah. Because it was something I brought in as an energy I've been working with for probably four or five years when I was healing my relationship to discipline, right? To that overdrive and everything. Forcing. And only, yes. And only recently did I actually spend time like really dissecting layer by layer, like what is the energy and the root of that word? Yeah. And I'll just share like to consecrate. So like the Latin word means to consecrate, make or de- declare sacredly. And I'm looking because these are like very, I'm like, this is super specific. 
vow or dedicate to something or someone, promise solemnly with deep sincerity, give all or a large part of one's time through worship, love, affection. Like I am, I can't even say that whole thing without my whole body. And to me, that's like, that feels like home to me. That's like a natural, that's like my natural operating. And the more that I tap into that and I thought about and I felt into what, what is really my service here? Like, what am I supposed to be doing on this planet? It was like, your whole life is the offering. And like, that is devotion. And so when it became so clear that like my gifts and the way I was serving in my job, while they were beautiful and they were acts of devotion, like I was giving of myself to my team, to my colleagues, to clients, it felt like I had so much more. And because I was working with like opening versus suppressing, it was like, this box is too small. Like this box can't contain that offering. And that's your point, Molly, where like the pain of staying or the pain of not staying versus the, you know, like it like outweighs the pain. Like the uncertainty for me was an energy of infinite possibility and devotion. And that's what it is, actually. Yeah. It's not, it wasn't like the fear was bigger in staying because it's like, I'm not honoring spirit. I'm not honoring the divine. I'm not honoring how, like, this isn't the totality of my offering. So in answer your question. No, I love it. Like, no, well, no, I thank you for sharing that because you and I like talk all the time. And so it's important for people who are not on this in our conversation all the time to understand what you mean by devotion, what we're talking about, because it is overcoming that old era definition of like forcing and pushing and controlling. And that's really what makes us show up inconsistently in life and feel just gross about things instead of feeling like joy and happiness and love and passion and all the things. But I love what you said, because when you were speaking, I got such a visual. It's like, here's yelling of the whole person. And that's how we're being invited to show up on this planet right now. It's so old era to be like, there's the work me and there's the mommy and there's like the wife me and like all the different me's. This is really the time to show up as the whole person and to honor the whole person. And it's like to stay in the situation you're in is like a pie chart and like a part of you is a piece of the pie is going to work and dealing with it. And I know from our conversations when you were there and it's like a lot of people feel the same way. It's like you don't feel like you can give yourself permission to fully show up there because it's you're going to rock the culture or you're going to, you know, yeah. basically hand a mirror over to people that they don't want to see the reflection back. You know? <laughs> yeah. And also, like, I think it was perfectly like incrementally moving on this path of evolution, because up until that point, I was really looking at how do we show up authentically in the structures and systems that we're in? So yeah. it was more about like the how. Yeah. And going, okay, there's only so much that we can shift and control. But a lot of things changed in my life that really invited me to look at this in a new way and go, okay, like the deepening of faith and the deepening of trust in this is that's my call, right? The devotion is to that sort of message and that that calling forward. And yeah, I'm pragmatic too. Like I like, you know, I planned certain things out. I gave myself certain time and space. I think just to be super transparent, I think it helped that I did have a couple of clients. Like I still was, and that gave me that little bit of like, 
okay, this is, there's something here and it's creating value. And now if I can give more time, energy, attention, focus, like I can invite in whatever's supposed to like materialize from this. But very quickly, what I was coaching and teaching to like what has moved, like since that energy has been shifted. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so we don't even, it's like, we don't even know what's possible when we're looking through that lens. Like when I was still in my job, looking through that lens and seeing what was possible, it was like still narrow. And then when that energy actually shifted, it was like, oh, there's yeah. so many things that opened that I couldn't plan. I couldn't foresee. I couldn't control. Yeah. I'll be honest, like being in that energy of surrender and taking the next aligned action and the next aligned action is very, it feels blind and yet it feels so nourishing. I don't know how else to say it. Like it feels rightful. Well, that's you're in the light side of the 5D, that field of uncertainty, the field of the unknown. That is where infinite possibility exists, but that can trip our nervous system and our minds. And so because you have certain devotions to your meditation practice and other things, somatic work, you're able to land it in a way that makes sense and also be conscious of when you're tipping to the other side of uncertainty, yeah. which is the fear side, which is going to happen. Like I was just talking about this today in our course. It's like the fear never goes away. You're going to get triggered. Like you go through a big thing with your business and you're at the like next level of whatever. It's like the fear triggers. Like the months that I feel most afraid, this sounds so crazy, are the months when I have the most in my bank, my business bank account. And I'll literally have conversations like I should just quit and become a dog walker. Like and it makes no sense because it's like those are the months that are have been my best. But it's like a new level of fear kicks up when you are at a space that's bigger than before. It's a yes. new level of discomfort on some point. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's like I think marrying that with that somatic journey, like really yeah. get the body from the neck down and running that energy in our systems is that in the nervous system. And yeah. for me, like it wasn't like, oh, the energy shifted and now my systems just update or like upgraded. I have a note, like a mental knowing, okay, the nervous system is lagging, but I don't like, I don't know that time. I don't know how long I'm sort of in that level of uncertainty, but the distinguishing and the most beautiful part of being so integrated in your body is I could feel what fear is like versus uncertainty. The discomfort yes. uncertainty. That is a nuance like, and I could feel, and this is, I'm going to share Molly really quick. I have, I had two, I have another one that just came in opportunities to take jobs that the old version of myself would have been like, these are next level. Just another one came in yesterday, next level. And I can feel into that part of myself where it's like fear would cause me to take those actions and take it, even though like our society or other people would be like, well, those are safer options. Right. We're, staying aligned to what this with, with what divine is sort of calling me into it feels uncertain and it feels shaky but it, it's not fear right that's i'm so happy that you said that because there is such a difference between discomfort and not being safe yes and when we're not conscious when we're not like conscious of how we're responding to those moments of discomfort our mind and ego can trick us into believing that we're not safe. And then that's when the fight or flight kicks in and we make all these sorts of crazy decisions that are mind-based, which as we know, the mind, the thoughts, the lowest vibrations, like emotions a little higher. And then we get to energy, which is like the truth. And when we met years ago, you had a very strong Kundalini practice. Or you, and I did too at a point in my 
life. Are you, is that still one of your practices? Just as a total tangent here, I'm just curious. <laughs> no, it's perfect. <laughs> no, it's not actually. So I would say for the last three-ish years, it's been really descending deeply into my feminine, like into my body. Yeah. Like a simple, I wanted to share this. It's just a really simple way to connect to your body is like hand over heart, hand over womb, really feeling the pulsing of your body as you breathe in. Like, and that intimacy with the body is how yeah. I'm able to nuance and like those cues, right? That little nuance of like, whoa, that feels like fear, or that's uncertainty, or that's discomfort. Like really getting so intimate with the body, like that has been my practice. And so that shows up in sacred dance that shows up in like spontaneous movement. And but like I create a sacred space like in my home, sacred time where I'm doing that and I'm inviting the divine in to commune with me. Yeah. But I think the most important part of that journey is like it has allowed me to sort of anchor into what is true for me and do that cleaning, like the thoughts, feelings, emotions. Like I look at my embodiment practice as I clean those lower rungs. Yep. So I can be this vessel so I can be in devotion. And like most people think about devotion as like, well, that's my practice. Like I'm in devotion. I spend time with God or I spend time with the divine. For me, when I'm clean and clear, my devotion is actually then the next step out of the practice. It's like how I show my kids. It's how I show up with my clients. It's what keeps me clean from my pain body or ego getting in the way of supporting my clients. Like it's, it helps me sort of stay, I don't want to use the word channel, but like it helps me stay clean and clear of my own stuff. And like the best part of it is that I know you have a lot of empaths, Molly too, and I have an open emotional center. So I sometimes get into my practice thinking everything's fine. And I'm like, oh, I just, I'm going to do a little tune up. And I realize I took in a bunch of like, yeah, something comes, I took in a bunch of energy. And so I think having that sacred space, which then becomes integrated into our life, like that to me is being in communion and devotion with the divine, because it's not just like my prayer time or my, you know, and that's what was missing a little bit for Kundalini. Like I couldn't, it was a lot of neck up and I think it actually me clean energetically a lot that I don't even, like, I'm not even aware of. But it wasn't like it couldn't take me to that full integration, like mind, body, spirit into like I'm a householder. I have a family. I live like I'm a human. I go to work. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not yeah, in a cave like meditating, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. There's a lack of integration. I think that was like some old spiritual stuff where it's like, you know, the noble thing is to be on your meditation pillow for an hour every morning. And if you don't, then you're like a terrible spiritual person and really that's not an integrated perspective on it. And you can be showing up for your nervous system for everything else. Like as you're going through your day, it doesn't necessarily require the hour long same meditation every day or whatever. Are you a generator? I'm curious. Yeah. Are you have a sacral or are you solar? Yeah. Yeah. Sacral. Okay. So that was like a huge, when you were saying that, I was like, that was a huge lesson for me is to trust that response in my body. I later learned what human design was after I had established this trust with my body. We were in that mastermind together and I declared, like, I don't know if you remember it. I'm like, I'm listening to this. And I put my hands over my stomach. I am not listening to this anymore in my head. Months later, I learned that's what human design calls like a sacral response. Whatever you want to call it, I'm sure a million different practices will call it different things. It is a learning process to trust in that because it's often, do you find this, that my sacral response, which I know guides me to the right answers, to the aligned energy, often tells me something different than my mind does. Yeah. 
A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And the time, like the reason why it's still, it's important to make time for a practice to connect and to create that intimacy is because it's so beautiful. Like you trust the body one time with maybe something that doesn't feel as big. Yeah. You get the evidence. And then you're like, oh, okay. Then maybe the next time you speak your truth. You don't override yourself when you've made somebody else uncomfortable. Like this is big work that we do with the women is like, so many of the women in my field are like, I'm so avoiding, like, I don't want to hurt other people. I don't want to make other people uncomfortable. It's like when you're in your body, you can sit with other people's discomfort, even when you're like so empathetic and you can feel all their stuff and you can feel it and go, Oof, like, yeah, this is uncomfortable. Without taking it on also. Yeah. I struggle to fully like be in a bubble, like to not take in people's stuff. And maybe that's sort of part of my work, but yeah. I'm like, ooh, like, can I hold that sensation without making it mean something about me? Like, can I feel it in my body and then release it? So again, that might be different. You know, that's what I'm saying. For all the women that I've worked with, like intimacy with their bodies in this way has been so different. And yeah, the mind is like, I had a bunch of moments where my mind was like, go count the numbers in the bank account. And what if you don't have this many clients? And like, just- all those mental gymnastics that we do. Yep. Every time I would go into my body and I would invite in spirit with me to like commune, it would just be like, yes. And that's the thing. I don't know what the next six months are going to look like. I'm not trying to figure it out. I'm just like taking the next right action and being in the discomfort of not knowing. I'm holding sensation of not knowing. And Mal, there's one other thing that you said about like how we can integrate it. You can bring in an energy into your day-to-day life and say, I'm going to work with this energy throughout my life. Mm -hmm. And so your day becomes this like meditative practice where like I'm working and resting in the stillness of my being. So I'm bringing the energy of stillness. And when I make lunch for my kids for school in the morning, when I'm driving like, oh crap, I'm late. Like I'm driving to school to pick them up. I'm like, I'm going to get there when I, like I'm inviting in that energy of stillness all throughout my day. So it's like, that's what I mean. The devotion spills into like how we live. And yes. so taking breaks from a meditation practice that you've been like really like could be really cool and like really mm-hmm. interesting to say, like, mm-hmm. how do I bring this energy into, you know, the 3D? <laughs> I love that so much. And it's really the embodiment of a lot of the new era energies, which is like whole person, which we've talked a lot about on this podcast. And it isn't just keeping it in the mind, you know, like doing the mantra meditation, which by the way, they're great. And I still do those. I'm a Vada. I need to clear my head halfway through the day or I'll be like floating up into the sky. So there's reasons to use them. But what you're really doing is integrating that energy. And I so love what you just said. And for everyone listening, like Yelena just basically gave you a practice. So you can call in an energy that you want for a day, for a month, for a week, like whatever you want to commit to. And it does shift things. And you might not get it perfectly and you might forget it nine times out of 10. Oh, yeah, 100%. But like, then there will be that time, right? Where you're like, I have to take out the fucking trash. And you're like, okay, all right. That's some really rotten energy. Let me bring up this, you know, energy that I committed to earlier, that I connected with earlier. And it does shift things. It's a little bit crazy how it works where you then do 
just by even setting the intention of it, you will notice yourself responding differently than you would have otherwise. And usually right in the moments when you like need that little check to call yourself on it. (laughs) And there's like, I've found as I've sort of integrated all of this mall, like I've given myself permission to, I enjoy sound as a way to tap into spirit. Yeah. Music as a way. I enjoy mantra. Like, and so I've allowed myself this flexibility of just going, what feels like aligned and supportive and like what opens me into that devotion, even though it's not the masculine annihilation practice where I'm still like, I'm like my feminine, like my integrated feminine is God. Like I feel the divine when I'm in movement. Mm -hmm. And so I stopped pushing against that and being like, not the yogi way or it's not the Buddha, like whatever the way. Yep. And I don't even know what way it is. But for me, it has opened something in me, which is kind of what I think we wanted to talk about, which is like this full approval, like my even how I express my divinity and how I choose to like go into my day. It is it's like approval of that essence, true nature, you know, your that deepest heart's desire, honoring what that is for you. And I think that's been sort of the biggest gift of this, all of this. <laughs> like, I think you like, you yeah. know, like the energetic change and shifting into this new way of being because it's required me. Like I had a schedule and then I had to make my own schedule. And it was like a lot of trial and error. Like yeah. what supports me? What feels good? Am I going to make money doing it this way? Can I trust it? Like so much stuff is coming up. And so my practice is that place where it all sort of like lands and integrates. And then as I clean it out, I come back sort of fresh and connected. Like I'm in that current of connection to the divine. I love that. And I want it for the people that are listening. I want to really dive into something that you said quickly and moved on. And that's because I know that you've had a deep and integrated spiritual practice for a long time. And for other people, it would be like, what the hell is she talking about here? When you said holding the space for uncertainty, like I understand what that means on my end. And I think I understand what you mean, but I'd love to just talk about that for a moment because we're coming from an energy where the Nike just do it. You know what I mean? Like I I think people might assume that's what you're talking about. And it's not what we're talking about at all. So before the noble thing was to like power through it, regardless of what you're feeling, And to just do the damn thing and to like get it done. There could be moments where that is aligned, by the way. Like I'm not like like crucifying doing, but what we did was sacrifice our internal landscape, our internal ecosystem in order to push through something or to pretend the fear isn't there and to mask it with some like bullshit, like positive affirmations. Yep. And then that's when you wake up in the middle of the night, freaking out, having anxiety attacks because you never really held space for it. You just smothered it with a different energy. And that's, as we know, that's not how it works. We have to at least get to a neutral place energetically before you can get to like a positive place. So that's not what Yellen is talking about. So what she's talking about is like the feminine energetics of holding the space. So could you just describe that a little bit more for people that might not be as familiar with what you mean by that? Yeah. So just to clarify to Molly, when you mean like holding the sensation of discomfort. Yeah. Like when you're in a space of uncertainty and it feels uncomfortable, like what's the process that you go through? It's not like you're just like, let me get out the keyboard and like bust through this thing to like get a a false sense of, you know, action going on that soothes the mind. Yeah, no. And I actually loved your podcast where you talked a little bit about that before. And what came up for me or what's come up for me is I, that sort of attunement to my body 
I can feel when it's true creational energy and I can feel when it is like I'm trying to fill a void. So I work like I'm trying to not feel. And so when I talk about this a lot, like we avoid silence, sacred space, meditation, whatever these practices are, where we go inward because we don't actually want to feel like we're we want to avoid self. We want to avoid the discomfort of whatever that thing is. And so when it's so interesting, like when we can actually allow ourselves to descend into that place of uncertainty or the discomfort that it brings up in our bodies, like what I find really often is just in allowing it, it starts to shift. Like just acknowledging, I'll give you a tiny little story. I woke up in the middle of the night. My stomach was hurting. I was fighting it. I was like, oh, like I was supposed to get a good night's sleep and this all this story and I was pushing against it. And then in one moment, I took a deep breath and I was like, there is pain. Like that's it. And I swear, you guys, it went from a seven to a three. The pain didn't go away. It went from a seven to a three just because I gave it space. And I also did not identify it with me. Like I am not pain. I am not in pain. There is pain. Okay. That's a fact. How do I respond? I mean, you neutralize the charge of it there. Yeah. And so then I went and could take aligned action. I made a cup of tea. I sipped it very slowly. I went back to bed and I slept. But like, and I know that sounds like whatever, a silly story, but that's sort of the metaphor for when we're going through these major transformations. Like we make it mean so much about who we are. We're not able to, it's just like, just give it space to acknowledge, yes, there is pain or there is uncertainty. Okay. I'm uncertain. Okay. Now what? Then you can see more clearly, like, what are the facts? What do I actually need to do? I even actually need to do anything. Do I need more stillness? Do I need more silence? Do I need more action? Like, but when we're just trying to be positive or saying, like, I should be consistent or I should be what anytime, anytime. So there's another beautiful teaching. There is a dissonance between what is and what should be. There is conflict in the body. Like, Mm -hmm. And so anytime we have some idea about how we should be showing up and what the actual facts are in front of us, we will likely feel it mostly for women in this front central channel. Throat, heart, womb. Yep. That's so good. Because go off on these things, Molly. Well, I I warned you. I'm like, just like, so for the people who are like, you know, listening to this, Yelena put together like a seven page document. It was like so detailed of everything we could talk about. And I was like, listen, we're going to get on and it's going to go in directions we didn't know because that's how I roll. I don't have anything written out in advance. I let spirit guide the conversation. So here we are. <laughs> yes. Here we are covering all the things. I want to just point out that the somatic piece of what it is that you're doing. And so people aren't familiar with that. You can Google it. Like I did some somatic therapy during COVID and it's wow, it's so amazing because our body takes on so much for us, our nervous system, like all of the systems. And I'm speaking more about that upcoming. And we've come from an era that's been mind-based. So when we have an insight, we read the self-help book, we like have an aha moment, we have an inspiration. What we've done is kept it at the level of the mind for the most part. And what Yelena really beautifully does with herself and her clients is integrate that into whole person. So that means moving it through your body, moving it through your system. And that's 
like its own super powerful practice where instead of just like, oh, the, yeah, okay, cool. That's great. It's like in and out, you know, like the insights here today and then it's gone and no real change is made that wants to be that you want to make. And now there's a difference because I just want to loop back to something else you said that was really important. And that's like how our whole conversation started the other day <laughs> was the permission thing and the approval. And so much, I would say like the biggest energy leak, not with programs and offers and services that people have, but with themselves as an entrepreneur, female entrepreneurs, and most of mine are, you know, gifted intuitives and empaths and stuff like that. It's that that constant still need or assumption that they have to change something about themselves, like you just said, like being more consistent or like this or that or the other thing. Like there's always this, oh, I have to be better at that. And I'm like, I just have to focus on one thing instead of many. And I'm like, but do you? Well, no, I feel suffocated when I just focus on one thing. Then why are you? Well, my friends tell me it doesn't matter what your friends are telling you. If you find flow with with mo focusing on multiple things that, and of course, this person ended up being a manifesting generator. I'm just using this as an example. But there are examples that I come through all the time. It's like we deny aspects of ourselves to try to fit into whatever the norm is, even though our design is completely different. And now I'm on a huge tangent. Oh, this is actually perfect. Yeah. But like, can we just please, and this is what you're doing, like, can we just, instead of the automatic response being like, well, how can I change this or fix this or make this different about myself? Can we tune into the energy of it and see how it feels in our body and see how it feels in our spirit and then be like, fuck yes or fuck no. Like, this is working for me. I don't give a shit if it's not okay with you. Like, this is my body. This is my life. This is what is feeling right for me. And that's really what you've been in a process of doing is you've detached from your corporate space because part of that wasn't allowed there. Yeah. And it's the beautiful work that you do with your clients, like the including the body so that those insights are integrated into the whole person, into the whole system and not just stuck in the mind like a bird's going to like the next day, like the newest thing or like a cat yeah. who sees something, you know, it's like it's off to the next thing. Exactly. And like with with the change with my corporate job, it was almost a fact. This is not the version of myself. And so when we can get so clear to what's true, like we can yeah. be in such, we can use faith or trust with what is true for us there, it's like, there's no choice. My teacher calls it choiceless awareness. When oh, you are yeah. aware, there is just no choice. It's just the next right thing to do. And that was that moment. Mm -hmm. And the only suffering for me in those days leading up to like, okay, it's happening. I'm going to make this change. It was resistance. My mind was like in resistance and there was some suffering there, but it was like, oh, that's my mind. That's the ego. That's the pain body, like getting inflamed. And there's one really important thing you said, you said a lot of important things, but one thing I want to like pick apart a little deeper is this comparison, measuring, judgment, any of those like three. Anytime we are in comparison, measurement or judgment, we are not in integrity with ourselves and with the world around us. So like affirmatively, I am in integrity with the world around me when I'm not in comparison or judgment. And living from that place. And I'm a perfectionist. Like I have a, like, that's one of my things. I'm like, things have to, like, I have a need for perfection. And so that mantra or that statement, the energy of that is such permission for me to go when I am not in integrity with myself, with the truth of my own desire, I'm actually not in service to the world. 
So sad. And I don't say that to evoke guilt. I just, it's, for me, it's more this awareness of when I hold myself back or I override what is true for me, I'm actually like, I'm even, I'm holding back medicine because having someone else be uncomfortable because you are in what's true for you, that is medicine for them. Yeah. Like, that is in service to them. Yeah. And so we hold back because we're pleasing and we're actually, that's a disservice, right? And so that goes back to the, how do I know then I can hold the sensation of that discomfort or it's uncomfortable that you're uncomfortable. I can hold that. I love that. Like holding it without taking on the responsibility of their feelings, but honoring and what is true. Yeah. And the measuring, like we, you know, it's like, should I do the podcast? Should I do the me? Like I'm deciding what is my relationship to social media? How do I want to show up there? It's like, I am going on an inward journey to determine what that is. Like, I don't, sounds bad. Like, I don't care how other people are doing. Like, I'm not, I don't know that will serve me. And I've done that game before. And I know that feels right now. Oh, this feels really good. Like, it's like, hey, how do I want to start to show up? And how do I want to feel? Number one question at my work, how do I want to feel when I'm doing the thing? Whatever the thing is, what is the energy I want to bring into that? Like that source. Thank you. I love that. And it's so true because then the circumstance of where you're sharing becomes irrelevant. Like then social media loses its charge on you if you had one or, you know, because that's like a, such a thing. Like everyone's ugh, like social media. And I really needed like a two year break. But and now I'm getting back into it. But it says such a non energy for me because it's like I'm going to show up how I want to show up and like take it or leave it. And like, whether I have one like or like a thousand views, it's, it is what it is, you know, like when you detach from that side of it, but that's a whole other. I know that's a whole other, sorry, another day. Well, thank you so much for all of your little nuggets of wisdom here. And I will leave all of Yelena's contact information below so that you can find her. And if you want to share a little bit, Yelena, any of the programs that you have upcoming or anywhere people can find you. Yeah. So Conscious Femme on Instagram. And then the program I'm most excited about is all of the stuff we've been talking about today, which is called Unbecoming. Mm-hmm. And it's the remembering, it's the coming home. Been helping you just sort of create those rituals in the sacred space to allow for your full whole self to emerge and be integrated in this world. And I'm really, I'm just really excited about that. I mostly work with women leaders. And so mm-hmm. that's like women in corporate and entrepreneurs, mothers. I love working with women that are on a motherhood journey as well. And so, yeah, that's where I'm at, unbecoming. (laughs) Okay, so go follow Yelena. And thank you for everyone who's listening. If you enjoyed today's chat, share it with any friends who might be going through their own career transition or who are interested in releasing some of the old paradigms and giving themselves permission to like show up in all areas of their life as they want to, because that's where we're at. So thank you so much. And I will talk to you all next time.